This is Women's Australian Rules Football on RSN 927's digital channel Carnival. I'm Peter Holden and welcome to Women's Australian Rules Football on RSN 927's digital radio channel Carnival by the RSN Racing and Sport app and rsn.net.au. This program is also available as a podcast every Thursday morning by going to iTunes, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud or Spotify. Just search for Women's Australian Rules Football Radio. A quick note, we are back with our VFR Women's Match of the Day. The opening game of the season is this Sunday, the 5th of May. We're on air from 11 a.m. on RSN Carnival 2. That's where you find us, RSN Carnival 2, for your live coverage of VFL women's football this season. Our guests for today's show will be catching up very shortly with Teresa Caressi, who plays for the Berling Crocodiles in the AFL Germany women's competition. Also on the way, media manager for the USAFL, Brian Barish, media manager for AFL England in William Schillaber. We're also joined by Lauren Hodgson with the latest on the AFL City Women's Premier Division and Wingard from AFL Queensland. Plus, Matthew Cox joins us to preview the opening game of the VFL women's season. But first, here's the latest women's footy news. So first to the AFL women's trade and signing period. It ended with Carlton captain Brianna Davey crossing over to Collingwood along with two latter round picks in exchange for the Pies' first four picks. So Collingwood will not be participating to almost halfway through the draft. Brianna Davey, Carlton captain, now a Collingwood footballer. And also the best and fairest for the Western Bulldogs, Monique Conti, is now a Tiger in exchange for pick number one. So the Bulldogs will have crack at the best under-18 talent going around. We look at the Melbourne Football Club. They've picked up Libby Birch and pick 77 from the Western Bulldogs in exchange for Ashley Guest and picks 8 and 48. They have re-signed Daisy Pearce, who, of course, did not play this season as being heavily pregnant at the time the season started and then, of course, partway during the season, giving birth to her twins, Sylvie and Roy. In other moves being made, Emma Mackey, of course, you may remember from Hawthorne VFLW. She was with the Western Bulldogs over the last couple of years. She has now gone to St Kilda. She was trade along with picks 24 and 30. The Western Bulldogs getting pick 9 in exchange from the St Kilda Saints. Uh, the Saints also picked up Demons midfielder Claudia Whitford and pick 63 in exchange for picks 54 and 72 in the draft. Also, Kate Bartlett, of course she was a West Australian. She came over to Victoria for this AFLW season with the Western Bulldogs. She's decided to go back home. She will be playing with the West Coast Eagles in return. The Bulldogs get pick 90. And uh, from Adels, Cassie Davidson has uh, crossed over to to West Coast uh, in exchange for pick 86. Now, one of the trade moves that will wear their new team's jumper as early as this Sunday is Kat Phillips. She moved from Melbourne to St Kilda. She's signed on for the AFLW season 2020, but she will be running out for the Saints this Sunday, the 5th of May, at Morabit against Collingwood in the VFLW season opener. Here's her talking to the Saints website. Got in touch with Peter about a week ago um, and I really loved uh, everything that Peter had to tell me about the club. I'd had a great time at Melbourne and wasn't really looking for a move but then um, I think getting yeah, getting excited by the passion that Peter brought um, and the thought of being involved in a brand new team got, coming into the AFLW really put me over the line. 
Now, seven delisted free agents were given a lifeline on Tuesday, finding new homes. First of all, Jordan Hickey. It's all forward from Alice Springs, dominated for the NT Thunder in the VFLW competition last year. Struggled to get into the Melbourne side for the 2019 AFLW season, but in 2020, she'll be up on the Gold Coast playing with the Suns. A 2017 Premiership footballer with the Adelaide Crows, Sally Riley. She is also off to the Suns. A former Cats midfield. Hannah Birchall now finds herself at Richmond. Former Adelaide midfielder Rianne Lug is now off to the Brisbane Lions. Uh, Melissa Kyes, who of course uh, played 15 games for Collingwood over the past three seasons, uh, was part of the Hawthorne VFLW team last year, just missing out in the grand final due to injury. Uh, she has been delisted from Collingwood but has signed on with St Kilda for the 2020 AFLW season. And Telly Lucas Wright, who was surprisingly delisted by Carlton despite healing some form uh, late in the season. She finds herself a new home also at Moorabbin, playing with St Kilda in 2020. And Mia Ray Clifford, uh, originally played with Melbourne, was delisted there, found a new home this year at Geelong. She's been delisted after the AFLW season. She's found a new home on the other side of the country. She's going off to Fremantle for the 2020 AFLW season. And just quickly, with wrapping up our women's footy news, the traditional Anzac match played in Villas Bretonneau was held over the weekend and normally it's a one-sided affair where Australia beat France quite comfortably in this uh, nine-a-side match. This year, however, Australia did win, but by just six points, 43-37. to 37. So great to see women's footy improving there in France. Well, with that last piece of information from our women's footy news, let's stay over in Europe and you might be surprised to hear that there's now an AFL Germany Women's League. We spoke last year to Lisa Wilson, an English woman who'd moved over to Germany and was trying to really get Aussie rules going there. She managed to find enough uh, players to take part in the Niner-side Euro Cup late last year. Well, now they've got enough for a five-team competition over there in Germany and one of the sides are the Berlin Crocodiles. They had their season opener on the weekend against the Southern Tiger Roos. And to talk all about it, we've got one of the Crocodiles players on the line. We speak of Teresa Caressi. Teresa, thank you very much for joining us. And like we ask everyone who obviously didn't grow up here in Australia, uh, how did you find Aussie rules? <laughs> well, this is a this is a bit of a, a funny story because I used to I used to live in Sweden for a very long time. I was do, I was studying there, and um, through a Gaelic football team, I actually um, met up with a girl who then started um, the Mama Lynx team. So the first like Swedish. Uh, women's team in uh, yeah, so through that she she was like, girl, we need you on the team, and that was uh, that was basically the beginning of a love story that dated back like five six years now. And how did you come across to playing for the Berlin Crocodiles? I remember about a year ago, essentially the AFL Germany Women's League didn't exist. Lisa Wilson moved across mm. from England to Germany. Mm. How did the Crocs pop up so fast and get so many players? Well, I think I think one of the reasons why why it developed so well throughout the last year is that we had like very good people on the team, like a few women who were very like were trying to do as much as possible within you know what what they could do. Like um, Kat, for example, who is Kat and Annika, who are on the team, who are pushing the ladies who are so enthusiastic about the sport and and everything, and also like the Berlin the men's team of the Berlin Crocs have been very supportive. 
supporters of uh, us joining the training and they've been taking their time to really like get those skills right. And I think it's um, like having that support like from not just the LFG, um, FLG, but like also from from the guys who are already there and from like a couple of like really strong, like uh, inspirational women has like really giving it the push that, that we needed. So, I mean, we're going to try to like, you know, keep that momentum. And I, I reckon that in a year or two, like it's going to be, like it's going to be really, really good. And even though the league is in its infancy stage, there's already been a, a Germany side uh, represent uh, at the Euro Cup, uh, which just happened last year, the Niners mm-hmm. side tournament. Um, who from the Berlin Crocs so far has had representative honours? So, I mean, last year uh, we had three three players present. So that was... Um, <laughs> Annika was there. Um, it was me and... Oh my God, a third person now. Now I lost her name. But we've been um, so we've been looking forward to also the Euro Cup that is happening in in uh, Sweden this year. And actually, four of the twelve girls that are um, that are on the national team are coming from the Berlin Crocs. So that had had been a massive improvement, and we're super excited that you know that that the Berlin Crocs are that strongly represented in the in the German national team as well. And what's the anticipation been like building up to last weekend's match, your first ever game for Premiership points as the Berlin Crocs? Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, we've been super excited. We had a couple of, like, friendly games before to give us to get us in the right, you know, mindset and everything. But again, like, when you actually, you know, put on that jersey, if you put on that green and gold, like, it's always it always feels a little bit different if it's an official game. And we've been... Like, I mean, it sounds a bit cheesy, but we've been saying to ourselves, like, that we are writing history and that we're extremely excited about this. Um, so we've been, we've been trying to get all the girls together, you know, really working on, on our skill sets. And, uh, I think that what's, that's what you've seen, like, during the last, during the game, basically, that there had been a lot of enthusiasm, that there had been a lot of support between our players. And, um, yeah, so it all had really worked out very well. I reckon. You played the Southern Tiger Ruse in the first match in which you won uh, 92 to nil. Can you give us a bit of an insight into the game and who played well? Yeah, well, I mean, it was it was, um, it was a very long day because the, um, the lads had been playing three, four games before. So it was like half past four by the time that we started and the, the weather had been, you know, <laughs> wasn't really on our side because it started pouring um, a lot, so that impacted the game quite a bit. Um, but I think generally about the game, it was we were like I don't want to say we were nervous, but like very curious about the Southern Tiger Roots because it it is basically a mix between the girls coming from Stuttgart and also from Munich. So we weren't really like a hundred percent sure what to expect. So we were very conscious and very yeah, uh, very conscious about like how we're going to analyze those players. And about the game in general, we had a couple of, um, I don't want to say surprises, but um, there had been a couple of like brilliant actions uh, between some of the girls. And um, and the, the game, the first the first quarter worked out very well. There had been a lot of um, energy coming in. There were a lot of like very good interplays between the girls. And the Southern Tag Roos, they held very good against us. They, they did a couple of like really good defenses uh, or like, you know, they... How do you say? Like they were, um, they were giving us a bit of a hard time to really get into the game. But I think, like in the end, like we just had maybe a better like dynamic between the players to you know to actually come to a score to ninety two to nil. 
So obviously this is the first year of the AFL Germany women's competition. Mm. Um, how many teams are playing in it this year and from what cities are participating? So, all right. So there are basically four teams in that league. So it's the Berlin Crocs, the Hamburg Dockers, the Rhineland Ryans, the, no, sorry, five teams, the Frankfurt, no, the Frankfurt Cap and the Southern Tiger Ouse. Jeez, I hope I hope I'm not mixing up everything. So um, yeah, it's basically it's still it's still a small league. There, the men's team still have I think two three more teams in the league than us. So I'm I'm hoping that the other other cities like Dresden that still don't have a that don't have a ladies team yet will hopefully you know bring a ladies team in the next year or two so that we can really like get that German league going. And what's next on the cards for the Berlin Crocs? I believe you've got a game in about a week and a half from now. Exactly. Like we're gonna we're gonna go to Frankfurt um, to play our second game, and we're super excited to to meet them because there have been a lot of because um, with the for example with the German national team, we are obviously having sometimes a couple of training sessions, and we know the girls from um, from the Cork from the Euro Cup that had happened in Cork last year. So it's kind of kind of interesting to on the one hand. Um, play together as a national team, but then you know actually play against each other when we're playing for our, our cups. And I believe, like I know that the Frankfurt team has really, really strong players. They have a fantastic rock, and um, they they put in a lot of effort during the trainings. And I know that they came with um, that their that their number of girls coming to training has been very consistent. So I think that's going to be a very very good game too and I'm very much looking forward to play them actually but I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, I don't want to want to be cocky but I think we're going to pull off like a good game from the Crocs too. Well Teresa thank you very much for joining us here at Women's Australian Rules Football on RSN Carnival and we wish you and the Berlin Crocs all the very best in the coming weeks with your game in Frankfurt and throughout the remainder of the AFL Germany women's season. Fantastic thank you so much. And joining us on the line now from the US AFL, it's the one and only Brian Barish. Brian, how are you? Good morning, Peter. How's it going? Great to hear from you from Philadelphia. I want to know what happened in your backyard over the weekend to hit out between the New York Magpies and the DC Lady Eagles. Well, the Magpies went down to Anacostia Park in the shadow of all the monuments there in Washington, D.C., to take on a D.C. Lady Eagle side that did have two players come down from Baltimore. And oddly enough, it was the two players, Roxy Alley and Karen Stablin, who got named uh, earlier this week to the Freedom Training Squad in ra- for Racing Wisconsin in August. But the Lady Eagles got up on the day winning 9-4-58 to the New York Magpies, 2-3-15. The Magpies brought a pretty decent squad down, uh, including uh, one of their nominees, uh, Kylie Johnson, whose sister Ryan plays for Seattle. Kylie, this is her first full season of USAFL play. Uh, And I think this is a really uh, telling game for both sides. The D.C. Eagles were mostly in control most of the game. Uh, they have a number of players that are going to go to the Freedom Camp as well, um, including uh, Kristen Lau, who is uh, one of the better defensive players that I saw last year. Uh, and I think uh, this is this is the type of team, Pete, that if the Eagles can re- start recruiting and get players to stay on for a year or two, maybe even three years, if they could build up towards being a Division One side. Of course, last year they teamed up with Boston at Nationals to go 0-4, uh, but uh, – 
a really improved side. As for the, the Magpies, I think this is going to build for them. They, you know, Christina Licata is uh, playing with a team that, uh, that again, is uh, going to be learning the ropes as they go through. They're getting better with each game. Uh, of course, Drea Casillas, uh, with child, going to be giving birth uh, in a few months. And so they're going to looking for other players to step up, especially defensively. But uh, you know what? It's a little long way to go. It's a good early season hit out for both sides, but great news for the Eagles to get that first win over New York. Yes, very positive news for D.C. As you mentioned, their record with Boston at the last Nationals, they have been struggling in Division Two the last few Nationals. So a really good hit out for them early on in the season, particularly with the Eastern AFL to come. And before we just quickly touch on that, I believe there's a few more hit outs before the Eastern AFL kicks off in the USAFL. Yeah, that's right. The Columbus Cats will welcome in the Toronto Central's Blues uh, down from Ontario. That's actually a, a series that happens just about every year. Toronto will come down to Columbus. Uh, Columbus has gone up to Toronto. And this series actually has gone back and forth over the last several years. And, and it's been very competitive, which is which is good. And we all know how competitive that the, the league in Ontario has been. As for Columbus, they have gotten a lot better, and I think they're going to come in with a lot of confidence this season, uh, considering the fact that they finally won their first medal at Nationals. They went 2-2, two and two, uh, having combined with a couple of other sides uh, last season, Philadelphia being one of them. Uh, this, is a, uh, this, this is a team that will have, uh, I think, a lot of just, just thoughts that they'll go onward and upward, uh, not only during the season, but also – uh, in as as we go on towards nationals in Florida, they have a number of players that did go to the camp. Uh, Ariel Balski is one of them. Uh, uh, Stephanie Shipley Snyder. They only have one nominated for Racine, which was Katrina Sher. We all know how good she is. So uh, that should be a good game, and it should be interesting to see how the Cats go during the season. And also, I believe your Philly Hawks have got a game coming up. Yes, they do. They will be hosting the New York Magpies and the Boston Lady Demons on May 11th here at Philadelphia. The match, I believe, is scheduled for Edgeley Field in beautiful and expansive Fairmount Park in Philadelphia. Uh, this will be an interesting season for the Hawks. Amy Arendale has gone up to New York. Uh, she'll be playing for the Magpies. Uh, she's up in New York now. You probably saw her in the background if you were watching the NBA playoffs. Uh, she's working as a physical therapist for the Brooklyn Nets. But uh, there are some really good recruits that have come through. And uh, Jackie Terse, as well as Erica Saki, have been named to that Freedom Camp. Uh, of course, uh, Lauren Kelly, who's played very well over the last couple of years, she'll be there as well as uh, Jackie Kershaw. So uh, it'll be an interesting season. They've been recruiting well, have the Hawks been. They've got one or two Australians who are coming to play with them. We'll have to see how they go, but this will be a good first test for them. Well, thank you very much again, Brian, for your time, and we look forward to catching up with you in a few weeks when you give us the lowdown on the Eastern AFL Women's Round 1 being played in Columbus, Ohio. Thank you so much, Peter. Anytime. And joining us on the line now here at Women's Australian Rules Football on RSN Carnival to have a look at the AFL London Women's League, which technically kicked off on the weekend. We've got on the line from AFL England, William Schillaber. William, how are you? Very well, thank you. It's, it's, all, it's all getting a little bit real, isn't it? Indeed it has, because technically round one for you starts in a week and a half time, but the first game of the season has already been played. 
it's always nice to sort of give a uh, give a couple of teams a run around and see how they're all shaping up, and and then once uh, once the eleventh of May round one comes round proper, um, you know it doesn't feel like such a such a abrupt start. But I know all the teams have been uh, playing friendlies, playing for the universities, and uh, yeah, it's it's one step closer to to finally being underway the new season. So this was technically the AFL London Women's Premier Division. Not quite a round one game, but does count towards the uh, premiership points. It was North London versus the South East London Giants, and the Lions racked up a big victory. Yeah, the uh, North London Lions ran out 13 goals, 11-89 to one behind against the South East London Giants. The, the North London Lions have really got a reputation for... Um, but just dominating as well. They, they've got a really tough uh, opponent in the league, but to get the first uh, in the um, Wandsworth Demons, but to get a first win on um, ahead of round one and ahead of a, a round one clash against the Demons, um, that, that, that must be really, really important. A couple of big goal kickers there as well, I note on the Lions list. Yeah, Stephanie Philby kicked six and Madeline Clark kicked four. Stephanie Philby actually finished uh, second in the uh, leading goal kickers in the National University League, uh, playing for Oxford. So obviously carrying on her, her goal scoring form there, uh, rounding out one apiece for Kia Scott, Jess Brady and Emma Wynn. Well, while I've got you on the line, um, as we said, only just that one game played. Let's actually have a look ahead to round one. You've actually got the countdown for that. And I know you've got some previews coming up very shortly on the AFLEngland.org website. But I might just get your early thoughts, early tips on the Women's Premiership and Women's Conference Division. It all kicks off on the 11th of May. And and talk about a cracking game to open the season proper for round one. Uh, Clapham Common, uh, the Wandsworth Demons and the North London Lions. It's actually a quirk of the fixture list that both divisions in the in the women's AFL London conferences or divisions uh, have rematches of their grand finals in the Premiership. The Wandsworth Demons play the North London Lions. Um, the Demons ran out twenty two point winners uh, last year in the Premiership grand final. Uh, so Bounds Green is is the playing host to round one. Uh, sorry, Clapham Common playing host to round one uh, between those two. Um, two of the best teams in in uh, in England, if not in Europe. Um, I know that they both uh, played at the uh, AFL Europe Champions League, and so I know that both teams will be looking forward to, you know, revisiting old scores and, and seeing uh, what has what has changed, if anything, in the nine months since the uh, Demons took home the title. And your prediction to take out the four points? I have to. I, I mean, I just uh, as an AFL England person, I just want people to have a good footy, but. Um, I think for a shake-up in the in the Premiership, it'd be nice to see the Lions uh, get an early win and, and sort of uh, their revenge on on the grand final loss. But listen, I think it's uh, women's football just changes year on year. Um, teams getting better, teams having a change in lineup, and uh, I think across the two divisions, we're, we're going to have some some cracking footy. But um, yeah, I'm always going to root for a, a competitive league and uh, maybe some shocks along the way. At Duke's Meadow, it's the West London Wildcats up against the Wimbledon Hawks. Yeah, the, uh, the Wildcats had a, a disappointing season uh, last season, um, finishing third in the ladder, missing out on the on the grand final, sort of middle of the middle of the ladder. Um, obviously, they'll be wanting to get off to a, a good start against the Hawks, who finished one and seven last season. Um, again, you know, uh, shocks are likely, but. Um, the Wildcats, the Demons and the Lions are, are, are really great clubs across all men's and women's football. 
Um, so I, I'd have to say I think the, the Wildcats might get the result there. And in the women's conference division, uh, the Wildcats reserve side takes on the Putney Magpies uh, down at Motspur Park. Yeah, this is an interesting one as well. The, uh, the four-team conference uh, ladder, um, we see the, the top two from last season and the bottom two from last season uh, playing off against each other in the opening round. So a rematch of the grand final and then best of the rest. Um, Wildcats, Magpies, it's probably too close to call. Um, they were three and six and two and seven last season. Um, and it will probably go a long way to shaping the, the makeup of that four team division, you know, with, with only four teams, um, that you get to know your opposition. So, um, probably too close to call that one. And finally, at Hackney Marshes, it's the London Swans playing host to the Clapham Demons. Yeah, these two met four times last season. Um, the Demons won three of them. Uh, but the grand final was so tight. It was just one goal three to one goal two. So just one point in it. Um, so like the other game in this round, I think this one is too close to call. You'd have to favour the Demons, but obviously after that one point win, it's not exactly going to be uh, clear cut either way. So um, whatever happens, I think the conference, keep an eye on the conference, I think that's going to be a really uh, entertaining and enthralling uh, division. Well, William, thanks very much for joining us here at Women's Australian Rules Football on RSN Carnival. We look forward to catching up with you in a couple of weeks' time when we look back at the official opening round of the AFL London Women's Division. Looking forward to it. There's jumpers, hoodies and tees for you at leaguetees.com.au Leaguetees.com.au is your place for retro footy gear with designs created by local artists that you won't find anywhere else. Plus, their unique range of women's footy tees help raise funds for Indigenous literacy programs. Get online and start shopping today. Leaguetees.com.au Let's have a look at our State League's wrap. And we begin, first of all, by having a look at the Tasmanian State League women's competition. The opening round over the weekend with only just the one game played. Glenorchy 10-13-73, defeating the Tigers Football Club one straight six. For the Magpies, Nieta Lynch starring, kicking five goals. Round two to be played this weekend. Both games on Sunday, May 5th. Lauderdale versus North Launceston at Utah's Stadium. Bounce down at 11am. Then at 1pm... At the same venue, Utah's Stadium, Clarence play host to the Tigers. And joining us on the line now to take a look at round three of the AFL Sydney Women's Premier Division. Joining us on the line is our regular reporter from Sydney, is the one and only Lauren Hodgson. Lauren, how are you? Yeah, I'm well, thanks, Peter. How are you? Great for this beautiful autumn day, but let's have a look at what's been happening with round three football. One close game... Three one-sided results. We start, first of all, with the UTS uh, bats unable to get on the scoreboard going down to the Sydney Uni Bombers, 15-10-100. Yeah, look, it was a, I thought it might be a, a big win, but by no means did I think uh, the Bombers would win by 100 and, and hold the bat scoreless. So it certainly wasn't a nice autumn day for the bats. Um, look, I mean, yeah, Sydney Uni started off well, kicking 3-3 in the first and and just really moved up and improved every quarter from then. Um, I mean, they said tough, tough going for the bats when you don't even get on the scoreboard all day. Um, but for the Bombers, their uh, goal kicking was sort of fairly evenly spread. Uh, Amy Fu kicked four. 
uh, Stack 3, Gillen 2, and Von Arnhem 2, and also Reditas 2 with Doyle and Bowen 1. So they'd be pretty pleased to get uh, such an even spread of goal kickers. And um, they're, they're, they've had such a fantastic start to the season. As we commented uh, last week, Peter, um, a much better start than last year for the Bombers. Talk about a tough day at the offers. The Newtown Breakaways also didn't get on the scoreboard. Going down to Macquarie University, 28-18-186. Yeah, well, I don't know if this makes the bats feel any uh, any better, given it uh, wasn't the biggest uh, biggest loss of the weekend. But, uh, look, I haven't seen results like this in, in Sydney women's footy for quite some time. Um, I mean, Mac Uni, they came out and kicked 9-4 in the first quarter. I mean, that's just phenomenal in itself. You know, 58 points in a quarter is, uh, yeah, it's not often that you see that um, in any sort of footy, Peter. Um, Sarah Corkiono was fantastic up forward with six for the Warriors, as was um, Mel Bryden with five of her own and also Simone Freeman with four. Um, I mean, there's still plenty of other players that kick multiples. You've got GWS captain Perugia with three, Laura Russell two, uh, Gabriella Stanwix two, uh, Carruthers too. I mean, that's just, you know, multiple players kicking multiple goals. They were just, uh, look, Newtown breakoffs just didn't even, uh, didn't even get a look in. In the close game, the Southern Power 7 4 46 just going down to the UNSW Eastern Suburbs Bulldogs 8 3 51. Yeah, look, it was a close game, um, right throughout. Uh, you know, there was sort of never, never too much in there. Um, I think the biggest margin at a break. Um, I think was was eight points. So it was um, really close. It was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. I thought the difference would be sort of four or five goals. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, look, Power uh, got pipped at the post uh, at at the uh, the final buzzer. Um, Ree Lotto was strong for Power, kicking four. Laura Holdsworth, who played her first game for Power after playing the last years with the Breakaways, kicked two on her Power debut, and uh, and the goal kicker for the the Bulldogs were. Parker, uh, Belanco, Arnold, Privatelli and Nielsen. So uh, they had a, a good spread there. But promising signs for the power to uh, match it with the uh, the Bulldogs. Um, it's uh, it's probably the closest they've got to the Bulldogs and shows that uh, when they play good footy, they can match it with the top side. And in the final game of the round, the East Coast Eagles 16-7, 103, <coughs> defeated the Inner West Magpies 2-1-13. Yeah, well, the Eagles maintain their unbeaten start to the season and, and have showed that, uh, they're, uh, definitely here to be contenders, uh, in, in top flight of women's footy in Sydney. I mean, they've, they've certainly done that with, uh, a 90 point win, uh, over the Inner West Magpies. Uh, Freckleton and Ekman, uh, two veterans for the Magpies, uh, kicked their goals whilst Riley McGartland, who's come up from, uh, the Wollongong Saints, kicked five for the Eagles. Uh, Smith to Hurrigan to uh, Delma Gisu, who was uh, delisted by the Giants. She kicked two as well. And uh, as I said, it, that's been the pleasing thing. Whilst we've had all of these big scores uh, in those games, the goal kicking's been quite spread out. So it's uh, not reliant on one player, which for those teams is a fantastic that they've got such a, a spread of goal kickers, Peter. Let's have a look ahead to round four and your tips. We begin Saturday, 4th of May, 10.10am at Mahoney Park, where the Newtown Breakaways play host the Southern Power. Yeah, look, uh, the Breakaways would see this as a chance for them to uh, 
to potentially snag a win. Um, I think it's going to be a tough season for them. Um, and look, they'd be wanting to, uh, to put on a better performance than they did against McEwney on the weekend. Uh, but I think power are going to be too good and uh, by four goals. Saturday, 4th of May, 10, 10 a.m. at Pickett Oval, the Inner West Magpies versus the UTS Bats. Yeah, look, this one I think should be another sort of fairly even contest. Um, obviously, West uh, started well this season um, with a with a win in their first game, and uh, I think they're going to get another win. And I think it'll be a similar margin to other uh, power breakaways. It'll be a, a three or four goal win, but I think it's going to be quite competitive. 11.40am, Saturday, 4th of May, Cambridge Oval, the East Coast Eagles versus the Sydney Uni Bombers. Well, this would have to be uh, the match of the round, I think, Peter. Uh, both teams are uh, they're undefeated. Um, and look, we're, you know, we'll see if uh, the Eagles, it's another test for them coming up against a top quality side. Uh, but I'm going to tip the Sydney Uni experience um, we'll, we'll just get them over the line in this game, but predicting it to be a close one within a couple of goals. And 1.30pm Saturday, 4th of May at McInney. It's McInney versus the UNSW Eastern Suburbs Bulldogs. Yeah, look, I think um, <laughs> it's probably a good thing we've got some, on at least on paper, uh, closer matchups this week. Uh, I'm going to tip the, the Warriors. I think they're going to be too good at home uh, for the Bulldogs. And uh, I think they'll, uh, I don't think they'll win by 186 points this week. Uh, I think it might be a close one and less than two goals. Well, Lauren, thanks very much for joining us. And we look forward to your company next week when we review round four of the AFL Sydney Women's Premier Division. Yeah, looking forward to it, Peter. Round two of the AFL Canberra Women's First Grade competition was played over the weekend. Gungarland Jets didn't get on the scoreboard, going down to Eastlake Demons 13-19-97. Ainsley Tricolors 5-4-34 defeated Belcona Magpies 2-9-21. And the Quimbian Tigers 21-19-145 walloped the Tungrenong Hawks. No score. As we look ahead to round three, all games being played on Sunday, May 5th at 3.30pm at Allen Ray Oval. Ainsley Tricolors play host to the Gungarland Jets. 345 5pm at Adora Lawn Nest. Balcon and Magpies play host to the Tuggeranong Hawks. While 3.45pm at Football Park, the Eastlake Demons play host to the Quimbian Tigers. And joining us on the line now here at Women's Australian Rules Football on RSN Carnival from AFL Queensland, it's Ant Wingard. Ant, how are you? Good, thank you. How are you, Peter? Not too bad at all with the conclusion of round three going past in the QAFLW competition. A few surprises in there. Let's first of all start with the game that was played at Hickey Park. Uh, Bond University, 8-10-58. Comfortable winners over the reigning premiers, Wilson Grange, 2-4-16. Yeah, I, I suppose this was kind of a surprising result given obviously Wilson Grange are the reigning premiers, but it was really nice to see Bond kind of continue their good form from round two. Obviously, they did have the the loss to Yoronga in round one. But I think Bond University, after the win, they're really firming as kind of a dark horse, I suppose, um, in the premiership race after three weeks. And for the Bull Sharks, obviously a, a well-deserved win, but you, you just have to kind of look at the talent within their teams. You know, they have more uh, Suns Academy players um, than any other team. And, you know, girls like Charlotte Hammonds, who kicked two, obviously, with the Suns now, and um, Katara Farah, who, you know, has represented, uh, she's also a Suns player, represented Queensland at state level. She made her debut and just was just a force in the midfield. It was just a really clinical win 
um, for Bond University, obviously getting the jump in the first quarter and in the second quarter and um, kind of holding steady for the rest of the the rest of the game, so it was, it was just a good result for the Bullshire. And also kicking two goals and making her debut, I know Taylor Smith, and as we spoke of uh, the previous week, uh, Laura Attard from Carlton AFLW player, also amongst the best. Yeah, it, it, it's really good to kind of see that mix um, of experience, you know, girls like Laura Attard, um, obviously Molly Ritson, captains of the team, formerly uh, listed Brisbane Lions player, and then kind of that youthful um, exuberance, I suppose, of girls like Taylor Smith and uh, Charlotte Hammond, uh, those kind of names. They really do have a nice blend. And, and that's kind of why I feel like they, you know, are almost early fancies to kind of go far um, in the competition this year. The UQ Red Lions, 13-684 defeated. Yoronga South Brisbane, 9-357. This is probably the, the most surprising result from the weekend, just kind of given the form both teams um, have been heading into, like, had, Sorry, the the form both teams have had in the opening two weeks. Obviously, Yoronga rolling in undefeated, and probably uh, the the Devils and Coolangatta really looked as the two premier teams in those early stages. But they were really slow to get out of the gate uh, to get out of the gates against uh, University of Queensland, and that really showed on the scoreboard. Obviously, UQ kicked four goals in the opening term, another four in the second, and Yoronga went scoreless in the first, and only two in the second. The second half is pretty. It's, it's fairly even. Yoronga um, actually outscored them by a handful of points, but that that first half from the Red Lions really sapped the win. And, and it was girls like uh, Nat Grider who's really uh, got a just a, a stronghold on a, a midfield rotation uh, with the team. Nat Exxon um, is staying up in Queensland, even though she's obviously signed uh, with St Kilda for the the new AFL women's season. Um, she made her club debut and. Her and uh, Grider in the midfield really um, just just was solid and outwitted Yoronga. Even though uh, the Devils, to the credit, Jack Yorson, Gabby Collingwood, uh, obviously Sam Burgos in there, their midfield uh, is quite strong as well. But that's really where the battle was won. Obviously good for, for UQ to get that first win on the board. Yeah, it's a question we're asking down here in Victoria when Exxon would be coming home because she did play the winter last year with Darabin, but it looks like for the time being she's staying up there in the Sunshine State. Uh, Megan Hunt, the clear star on the day, six goals. Yeah, that, it was, she, she just, uh, you know, I suppose starred inside 50. Obviously, Grider and Exxon playing their first games a year allowed Hunt to you know, move inside 50 in. Um, she equals her career high. I think she kicked uh, six goals once before when she played for Cooperu back in 2013, 14 maybe. Um, so obviously a good result for her. And um, she moves into second or third in the league goal kicking after that. Also definitely a good outing for her on the weekend. And Jackie Yorston with two goals and a best on for Yoronga. Uh, good signs there for the Gold Coast Suns. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I really rated uh, Yorston. Uh, kind of heading into the, the draft last year as, uh, you, you know, all Australian honours. I think she had the most disposals of any Queensland player in that uh, now kind of famous win against Vic, Mo- uh, Vic Metro at the under-18 champions last year. And she's really gone from stride to stride, obviously played really well for Brisbane this AFLW season, made the switch to the Suns, and uh, hopefully she can build on that form in the QAFLW throughout the winter and, you know, really uh, help the Suns in their first year next year.
The battle of uh, a couple of the newest clubs of the QAFLW competition. Only a few years old, Marucci doing the competition. Uh, absolutely Hornets making their debut this year. They met for the first time in the QAFLW on the weekend. And it was Marucci with a big win, 15.999 to 4.327. Yeah, it, it, another good result for the Roos, who actually won their back-to-back uh, -back games for the first time since entering the QAFLW competition. So obviously a really good result for them. I think it was also their third, uh, fourth highest result ever as well, which uh, it, it's just good for them. Obviously, we talked last time about uh, how big of a win it was when they came back against Wilston Grange, but this was really the full uh, the full four-quarter effort that they've been kind of uh, wanting for, for a while now, and they produced that against Aspley, who, a bit like Yeronga, you know, a bit slow out of the blocks. They finally found their footing in the game, but by that point, uh, obviously, Maruchidor had a, had a strong lead and um, really were able to, to run away with a big win. But uh, I feel like Maruchidor, the win against Wollstone Grange was, was really good to kind of build that confidence. And, and the win against Aspies really kind of just solidified their places. Um, you know, a developing team in, in the competition, obviously girls like uh, Shannon Campbell, Tali Randall, uh, obviously, who play AFLW, they returned to the Roos in the off-season, played their first game against the Hornets. And then uh, kind of under-18 girls like uh, Lily Postleswaite, who just, she looked right at home at QAFLW level um, in, in her debut for the Roos this weekend, which is obviously really good to see. There was a thought that maybe Talia Randall would stay down here in Victoria, but it's interesting to see during the winter weather she's returned home. Yeah, it, I, it, it's kind of opposite to... Uh, yeah, opposite to Nat Exxon in a way. Talia's come back up here. Obviously, she's a Queensland girl, has family up here. And uh, I think she's just keen to play a footy up here. And obviously, a good addition for the Roos. She's she actually really good against the Hornets. I think she played a bit in the ruck, a bit, uh, you know, as a, in a key defensive role that she does play for North Melbourne. And her intercepting mark really kind of set her apart on the field uh, on the weekend. And traditional rivals, Cooperoo and Coolangatta Tweed. This time it was the Cooperoo Kings who got the upper hand, 7-5-47, defeating the Bluebirds, 4-4-28. Yeah, this was probably the most intriguing game heading into the weekend because obviously Coolangatta had been, uh, like I said, with Yoronga as one of those top two teams in the comp. Uh, and Cooperoo, funnily enough, uh, like they were sitting on the bottom, winless, um, hadn't really clicked into any sort of gears in their opening two games. But... It's amazing to see, you know, add, inject some AFLW players into the team. Obviously, Cooper has just a bevy of players to select and they really did help uh, Cooper get the win. Um, but it, it was funny. Uh, Sally Young, one of their kind of longest serving players, I think she's notched over 80 games for the Kings now. She produced her best on ground performance and it was down forward, a bit like Megan Hunt was thrown forward, um, which as opposed to a usual spot in the midfield, finished with two and really just grabbed the game uh, by the scruff of the neck and helped the, the Kings to their first win of the year. And back from their post-AFLW break, Jess Wuchner and Emma Zilke in the best. Yeah, it was it was a really good performance by those two. I, I'd probably throw Jade Ellinger um, in there as well. I, I was kind of surprised not to see Ellinger's name uh, in the best as well. But obviously those three coming back in their first game after the break from AFLW, and it, it just kind of shows uh, their wealth of talent and also experience, I suppose, um, at QA, at the state league level. And, you know, I'm sure the, the Kings will be happy to have them back in their ranks uh, for, you know, the coming weeks and throughout the season. 
amongst the best for Kulangata Tweed, I spot Jordan Membry, who no doubt is out to prove a point after being delisted by Collingwood. Yeah, definitely. I was kind of surprised um, almost. I thought, you know, she came into the team for Collingwood, did a really good job in the back end of the year, but um, already she's kind of um, come back into the team um, straight from round one and she's really performed really well for Coolangatta and kind of been a main reason, um, catalyst almost, to, to helping Coolangatta um, clinch that top spot in the QAFLW ladder after the opening three rounds and hopefully her form continues and you know she lands up uh, on another AFLW list next summer. So let's get your tips for round four. All matches being played on Saturday, the 4th of May. We begin 2pm at Voxen Oval, where the Apsley Hornets play host to the Coolangatta Bluebirds. I, I, I think Coolangatta, especially after the loss against Cooper, I, I still feel like they're, they're one of the better sides in the competition this year. So I fully expect them, uh, following the loss, to, to kind of go out, make sure they get the win um, and really solidify themselves on top of the ladder. 2pm at Higgy Park. It's the reigning premiers. Wilson Grange up against Yoronga South Brisbane. I, I probably got lean towards Yoronga in this one. Obviously, both teams are coming off a loss uh, in round three, but I really like Yoronga uh, and what they've kind of done, especially in the opening two rounds. And I feel like the loss against UQ um, was really just due to a slow start. So if they can get that down, down pat um, from the first bounce, then I fully expect them to you know, notch a few more wins, not just this week, but in the coming weeks. I really feel like uh, squad-wise, they, they really do have a strong list on paper. So I, fully, I, I expect them to win this week. An intriguing matchup at 4.45pm. Maroochydore Multisports Complex is the venue. Maroochydore Roos versus the Cooperoo Kings. Yeah, this is an interesting one. I, th- I feel like uh, purely because I just don't know how well to read Cooperoo at the moment. Uh, obviously, they had, they had that really good win uh, over Coolangatta, um, the week just gone. Maruchador is kind of just riding this wave of momentum at the moment. And I think Maruchador probably will get a few names back this week. Um, hopefully in Isabel Dawes, um, particularly who is a Queensland State League under 18 player. So I, th- I might tip an upset in this one and go Maruchador and, and get their third win in a row, which would just be, would be great for them to see. And finally, 4.45pm at UQ Oval, number two, St. Lucia. It is the UQ Red Lions versus the Bond University Bull Sharks. I think Bond University, um, they really are just a talented, talented, talented side. And um, the loss in round one, they, they lost by a kick in the last uh, three minutes, I think. And then the rounds two and three, they really have just been a, such a strong team. And they really have, you know, like I said before, a mix of talented youth and leadership in their older players in every line across the park. And I, I think they'll get the better of UQ uh, this team, uh, this week, sorry. Well, and thanks very much for joining us here at Women's Australian Rules Football on RSN Carnival. And we look forward to catching up with you next week when we review round four of the QAFLW competition. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. And the final round of the Sandford Women's Competition is to be played this weekend. On Saturday morning at Peter Motley Oval, Sturt play host to the North Adelaide Roosters at Alberton Oval at lunchtime. The Central District Bulldogs play host to the Norwood Redlegs. Then at Flinders University Stadium in a twilight game, West Adelaide take on the South Adelaide Panthers. And in a twilight game at ACH Group Stadium, the Glenelg Tigers play host to the Woodville West Torrens Eagles. 
We are the Australian Literacy and Numeracy Foundation, striving to empower our most marginalised communities through literacy and education. Literacy is having a voice. Literacy is opportunity. Literacy is dreaming big. Literacy is freedom. Today, you can help end inequality and give every child access to our life-changing and proven literacy programs. Your support is vital. Donate now at alnf.org. And joining us on the line now here at Women's Australian Rules Football on RSN Carnival for the first time in 2019 to look ahead to the Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Season featuring 14 teams this year. We'll explain about the 14th team a little later on. It's great to have on the line our lead caller in Matthew Cox. Coxie, how are you? Yeah, very well, Pete. It's uh, incredible to think that another season of VFLW has arrived and is on our doorstep. But uh, it doesn't seem like it was too long ago when we were at Docklands to see the Hawthorne Footy Club claim their first premiership against the Geelong Cats. And the way they're going at the moment, it looks like they'll be hard to stop again in 2019. Now, I'll get your comment on one or two things before we talk specifically VFLW. Of course, uh, you are calling NAB League boys football at the moment. You actually had a look at Moorabbin Oval, now known as RSEA Park. What are your impressions of the newly redeveloped facility? Yeah, the fantastic facility uh, down at Moorabbin now. It's uh, a great ground. It's come up really, really well. And obviously all the facilities around there now, which St Kilda are using, are state-of-the-art. So it's great to have that facility and it's great that the VFLW side will be using it this year for the Southern Saints. They've had a little adjustment during the off-season. Last year they were aligned with Frankston in the VFL. That's changed this year. They'll be more aligned with Sandringham in the VFL so there's a, just a little change, and it also sees them playing more games out of Trevor Barker Beach Oval. But their main facility in 2019 will be RSEA Park, and uh, it is a beautiful ground, especially when the sun is shining to, to call from, as it was the other week when I was out there. I'm not too sure what it's like, uh, though, as we head towards winter. And, of course, we should also mention as well, you're not only calling the NAB League boys, which is available by the NAB League app, you're also doing a podcast on them and the NAB League girls competition through the Draft Central website. Yeah, we're keeping an eye on that. The final siren podcast, uh, head to afl.draftcentral.com.au if you want to keep up to date with what's going on in the Nabla girls competition. There are two rounds remaining in the home and away season heading towards a final series. So plenty of top-end talent coming through, which uh, you can find out all about, afl.draftcentral.com.au. We're going to start, first of all, by having a look at two teams that we're going to be calling this Sunday. It's a standalone opening round one game. The rest of round one will be the following weekend. This happens on Sunday, May 5th. We're on air at 11am on RSN Carnival 2, your new home of women's football Bounce down is at 12pm. The first ever Southern Saints match to be played at Moorabbin. And they're playing host to the Collingwood Magpies, the minor premiers for last year and got knocked out in straight sets. Let's talk about the Saints first of all. And I guess all the talk about them is the talent that they're bringing in to uh, obviously be for their AFLW side. And it'll be interesting of how much a run they give them this year to try and blend with their VFLW list to eventually form their full AFLW unit? Yeah, I think it's going to be a very similar uh, 
program to what Geelong ran last year and, and even Melbourne University as well as they prepared to enter the AFLW competition would be expecting the Southern Saints to be fairly competitive. They look like they've retained a majority of their youth that was on their list in the VFLW program last year. They've uh, been able to lure back some of the players that went across to the AFLW for 2019 back to the club to sign with the uh, AFLW list as well. So there's uh, a lot of good talent on the list. The The area that still has just a tiny question mark is just the, the level of experience that's in this side. We saw when Lauren Arnell came into the Southern Saints program halfway through last year, the big impact that she made being that general across half back and just structuring the Southern Saints up a little more. To feel as though they need a few more players like that. They've got uh, some now with AFLW experience under their belt, but just need a couple of uh, solid leaders on their list, which will no doubt uh, develop over the coming season. Before we talk about some of those uh, AFLW uh, big names coming into their side, uh, courtesy of vfl.com.au, they mentioned some of their non-AFLW listed uh, recruits. One name that caught our eye and uh, was a key forward at Melbourne Uni last year, 20-year-old Caitlin Greiser. They're already trying to call her the G-Train, maybe the G-Train 2.0, because if you think of the original G-Train was Fraser Garrick. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with her up forward and if she can make the most of this opportunity to try and uh, get a spot on the AFLW list. Yeah, she, she was really impressive last year for Melbourne University, provided a great target for them up forward. In fact, on most occasions, she was probably the leading forward, given that she had uh, consistent game time throughout the season last year. So it was a really impressive player for, the, for uh, Melbourne University. And coming to the Southern Saints program, she's obviously aiming to try and get on to the AFLW list. It's not a guarantee, but no doubt will provide some presence up forward for the Southern Saints. I'm looking forward to seeing how she develops again in 2019. They got a couple of uh, Carlton VFLW footballers across, uh, including Olivia Vesely, a 20-year-old, and a 29-year-old in Luella McCarthy, who was previously from South Adelaide over in uh, the Sanford W competition. Yeah, uh, both uh, very good players as well. Uh, very good use of the, the footy. Um, we know that uh, Olivia Vesely uh, spent some time in the midfield last year um, as an inside midfielder as well. So got very clean ball usage. Um, so hoping that she can take uh, another step in 2019. Uh, only 20 years old, coming out of the Sandringham Dragons program. Um, and as you said, was formerly of the Carlton VFLW program last year. It'll be interesting to see what impact she makes. And uh, the McCarthy, as you said, uh, 29 years old. That's the, the age group, I suppose, where the Southern Saints fell down last year, just having that bit of extra experience. Again, she's not played at the, the highest level, but uh, has played a fair bit of footy. So we'll uh, be keen to see how she tracks for the Southern Saints this year. A couple of players they're expecting to make the step up this year include uh, Samantha Johnson, 27-year-old, uh, played 14 VFLW games, and uh, Tara Bahanna, who's played across her career, and I believe originally with the Seaford Tigerettes, played 20 VFLW games. Uh, Bahanna was a star for them in the forward line. Uh, their leading goal kicker, in fact, with 15 goals last season. Yeah, and has great uh, body work, great positioning, can read the ball really, really well. Was one of their standout players last year that's caught our eye. So, again, just 
continual development. It's it's one thing when you look down at the the names that are, that are popping up for the Southern Saints. It's just that year on year development, seeing how they continue to impress. And I suppose the one thing that we've uh, mentioned throughout our calls in the recent years of the VFLW is the fact that players are being thrown around in different positions to test their versatility. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that some of the names that we've already discussed in uh, different positions to, to prove themselves that they they can play uh, a really good game of footy and, and push for an AFLW spot. Talking about AFLW, some AFLW talent coming across. The first one we'll mention was a delisted player after two seasons with Carlton in the AFLW. That is Kate Shearlaw. Now, of course, um, she was originally recruited from the Wimbledon Hawks to Carlton. Uh, she did play a season at Melbourne University. She played around about half a season at the Darabin Falcons last year while she was in limbo after being uh, delisted by Carlton. So it's interesting to see her make the move to try and uh, rejig her AFLW career at uh, the St Kilda Football Club playing with the Southern Saints? Yeah, spent uh, most of the time forward of centre, I think, for, for Darabin last year. A couple of times, I think she was spotted uh, playing a defensive role too. So, again, that whole versatility and, and trying to establish or re-establish herself in the AFLW system 30 years old, so she's not uh, she's not young, but she's certainly a very talented footballer and has shown that she can cut it at AFLW level. So hoping she can get some consistency in her game this year. Looking at the big names that have come across, it'll be interesting to see um, how much game time they do play in the VFLW and when that game time begins. As we mentioned on air during our practice call on the weekend that uh, the Queensland players that, that played with the Brisbane Lions had just started playing in the QAFLW competition last weekend. So we guess for some Victorians, uh, their uh, rest period should be up uh, shortly. Uh, but we see the likes of Emma Mackey come across, which is very interesting to see because Emma Mackey uh, was a captain at the Hawthorne VFLW. She has been uh, traded from the Western Bulldogs across to St Kilda. And Claudia Whitford, not to be confused with Whitford, um, she, of course, from the Melbourne list, she's going to end up at the Saints. Yeah, quality players coming in. And you add to that names like uh, Alison Drennan and Rhiannon Watt, who returned to the Southern Saints. They've signed with the St Kilda AFLW program after playing with North Melbourne and Carlton, respectively, throughout the season. Uh, Alison Brown's also uh, coming up from the VFLW program to the AFLW program. So just, again, seeing the, the management, as you said, it's something that we've watched throughout uh, the last two seasons of VFLW that players, they seem to take two paths. They'll either take the first phase of the, the season off or they'll take the mid part of the season off and then have a nice run towards finals or, or the end of the home and away season, depending on where the team is sitting on the ladder. So how they're used... Uh, throughout this, I suppose, the, the first two-thirds of the season uh, will be interesting to see, especially when, again, if the, the Southern Saints are on this development type of program, which is what they will be heading towards the AFLW season, uh, will be they'll be wanting to get as much time and as much continuity with uh, the players into each other. At least that's what we expect to see at this, uh, st- at this phase of the year.
It also begs the question of when the under-18s will start to filter through when they're given a break after the NAB League girls competition. I mentioned Molly McDonald, who was signed for the AFLW 2020 list with the Saints. Uh, she's a 17-year-old who was part of the Women's AFL National Academy. Uh, she's currently studying Year 12 at this moment at Flinders Christian uh, College, and no doubt she'll be completing her uh, NAB League girls season. They'll probably, I estimate, give maybe two, three, four-week rest. That's without even knowing uh, if she'll be uh, playing or not in the NAB uh, Women's Under-18 Carnival. So we wait to see when that talent comes in because if we look at Geelong, for example, at their season in, in the back half when they had the likes of Olivia Purcell and Nina Morrison come through from the Falcons, how much that really shot some life into their uh, finals campaign, which eventually got them to a grand final. Yeah, and you also, you could add uh, Madison Press-Parkers in as well, who played with Melbourne University last year. She got a, quite a bit of game time. And ironically, up. and ironically had a very good game against the Southern Saints. <laughs> Correct, down at Frankston on that uh, dreary day down there. Um, yeah, she you saw the impact that she made coming in about from the midpoint of the season. So that's when I'd expect to, to see most of the, the young crop of talent, especially if they don't get a, the chance to play in the uh, the uh, Academy Series, uh, which I think is towards the end of May, early June. Um, so if we should see them towards the end of June, I would anticipate. But ha- having said that, given uh, McDonald has already signed with uh, St Kilda and was signed quite a a long time ago as one of their pre-listing signings. Um, I'd expect to see maybe her play a couple of games uh, in between now and, and the championships. We, of course, await for Nat Exxon's return. Of course, she played uh, the last couple of seasons with the Brisbane Lions. She did play the last uh, winter with the Darabin Falcons. She is originally in a Victorian, so we probably anticipate her to have an earlier start to the VFLW season. And then the big question is, when will Kate McCarthy be making her move down from Brisbane to Melbourne? Um, and obviously, once that's all complete, how long it will take before she pulls on a Saints jumper? You would probably think by looking at the young list that St Kilda do have, and that's at AFLW level and, of course, at VFLW level, that Kate McCarthy seems destined for the captaincy, at least of the AFLW team. Yeah, you'd expect, uh, given her, I suppose, the, the high profile that she's had in the AFLW over the last couple of seasons, that she'd get uh, well she'd have that leadership material uh, probably not at VFLW level um, I'd expect uh, someone from the list that we've already discussed who's going to get consistent game time I don't think it will come from the AFLW list uh, necessarily I think it will be a player as we've seen with a couple of the other VFLW programs they've chosen players that will be in the side for most of the season. So I would expect it to come from their primary VFLW list, that leadership material. And just taking a quick international look at the Southern Saints, two international recruits, sadly, one that won't be playing. Um, I'll begin with her first. Valerie Moreau, who'd been building along nicely, uh, was the player of IC 2017 for Canada, played at the Eastern Devils. Last year was running around for uh, Essendon VFLW. She made the switch to St Kilda to play with the Southern Saints for the hope of getting on the St Kilda AFLW list did her ACL in the practice match against Essendon. So she will be on the sidelines. And as we record, she's in fact actually going under the knife to uh, to have her knee repaired.
Yeah, it's heartbreaking news, isn't it? She was one of the best players on the Essendon VFLW list last year, especially uh, providing an option up forward for them. So really disappointing that she doesn't get an opportunity to uh, to get herself onto an AFLW list because I, I would only assume that uh, she almost has was the Mirai Clifford of 2018 with her cross down to Geelong that Valerie would have been hoping for a similar story this year playing for the Southern Saints and hopefully getting a, a spot on the uh, St Kilda AFLW list. So incredibly disappointing, but at least it uh, appears that she'll uh, maintain a, a role at the club in 2019. So uh, we wish her all the best in her recovery and we look forward to seeing her back out on the park very, very soon. The other international player we speak of was originally based in Sydney. She's relocated to live down Frankston Way and having a real hard crack at the VFLW this year because she's been uh, on the giant, the fringes of the Giants. I think she was even part of the academy in their first year to try and get a spot but uh, just kept being overlooked and overlooked by the GWS Giants, including after last year, finishing second in the Moston Medal, which is the AFL Sydney Women's Premier Division Best and Fairest, came second for a side that struggled throughout the year, the Newtown Breakaways. I speak of Frankie Hocking. Now, she is a GB Swans footballer. You actually saw her at the International Cup 2017 just about single-handedly for the Swans win that semi-final against the USA in that third versus fourth playoff. Yeah, had a dominant game and then took it to another level in the final term to get the GB Swans over the line against the USA uh, on that day back in 2017. A a tall player, uh, a very tough player, uh, committed to the contest, uh, has good ball usage as well, so I would assume he's going to fit into VFLW level uh, very well and again give herself the best chance of getting an AFLW spot but uh, expecting her to make an impact because she as I said she's uh, a player that uh, you won't miss out on the ground she's uh, a good footballer and uh, apparently from all reports continues to improve so looking forward to seeing how she plays with the Southern Saints this year. Let's speak of one last player before we switch across to looking at the Collingwood Magpies and ironically was a Magpie, Darcy Guttridge going to St Kilda. That's really got to sting the Magpies because uh, Darcy was was seen as a, a future star for the Pies. We saw that game, uh, that practice match uh, for Collingwood Olympic Park when she did her uh, shoulder and essentially that wiped her out of her first season. And then all of a sudden, a couple of years later, she's left the Pies, she's gone, she's at the Saints. Yeah, really exciting uh, youngster, a, a very uh, talented forward as well, even though the, the sample size of her games at the top level is only minimal, given her injury uh, a couple of years ago. Um, so exciting to see what sh- uh, she'll be able to do for them in uh, 2019 if she gets the chance to play in the VFLW, given that she uh, obviously has come out of the AFLW program with Collingwood, but would expect to see her pull the Guernsey on to the Southern States at some stage this season and would expect her to make an impact up forward for them. Let's go across to the Collingwood Magpies, their opponents for this Sunday, which you'll hear live on RSN Carnival 2 from Moorabbin, 11am on air, 12pm bounce down. Uh, they've put out their list of players, the most noticeable absentees besides Darcy Guttridge, which we just mentioned, uh, the departure of Melissa Kyes, delisted the departure of Nicole Hildebrand after just one season. 
Yeah, it was a bit of a shock, a bit of a surprise for me. She definitely at VFLW last year, there was a game at Victoria Park where she all of a sudden popped up. She wasn't on our team sheets when she kicked the, her first goal, but she was certainly... Um, she provided a, a presence up forward for them, just that bigger body. And obviously, uh, we know her as a terrific defender for the years that she played, not only with the Brisbane Lions in the AFLW, but the time that she also spent with Melbourne University many years ago. So we know that she is a very talented player, and we got to got to see her versatility first-hand in the, the VSLW last year. So a little surprised that uh, she's no longer on the Collingwood AFLW list and doesn't appear to be on the VFLW list either. Would expect her to pop up somewhere, probably at a club not aligned with an AFLW club to try and give her best shot at getting redrafted. But uh, yeah, certainly a surprise given that one of the areas of concern for Collingwood uh, in general is their forward line. They just don't seem to have a big, tall target that uh, will be able to kick goals. Whether they can unearth one of the young talents coming through uh, will be a question that uh, hopefully we'll see answered. Maybe not this weekend, but certainly in the early phase of the season. Indeed, we may see her pop up at Melbourne University, the North Melbourne Online Club, because originally she was from Melbourne Uni when uh, she first got drafted. So watch this space, the uh, team sheets to be uh, finalised this week. So if we have a look across their teams and uh, some of the AFLW talent in the VFLW side, uh, of course, we're all waiting to see when Chloe Malloy will return after that uh, foot injury that she suffered in that game uh, against Geelong, the preliminary final last Last year, we were there to call it as it happened. Um, some other interesting names. Michaelia Cant, of course, had a very good VFLW season uh, with Hawthorne last year in their premiership. Of course, she was drafted to the AFLW side for Collingwood. Uh, she'll be running around for the Magpies in the VFLW this year. Yeah, really talented player, Michaelia Cant. was really impressed with her season last year for the Hawthorne VFLW side. And again, part of... Collingwood now and, and firmly entrenched in their system will be hoping that she'll take her development to another level to, to become an A-grade footballer, which I think she can be. I think she's shown enough potential in the last 12 months to, to establish herself as a, as a high-profile player. So hoping that she can continue on that path this season with the Collingwood VFLW side. It'll be interesting to see how early in the season um, Steph Kiochi, um starts because we knew that she had an ankle issue uh, last year coming off the second AFLW season and she had a delayed start to the VFLW. It was virtually the back third of the season. She made her debut uh, against uh, Melbourne University in that game out at Werribee. So it'll be interesting if they start Steph early. Maybe give Jamie Lambert a bit of a rest early on because Jamie played a lot of football for their VFLW team uh, last year and dare I say it, I reckon carried them through the early part of the season. Yeah, she did. She did. And she, not in an easy position either. A real tough under under uh, uh, style of player. So I'm getting my words uh, muddled up there. But she, she is a fantastic player, continues uh, to, to set the competition alight, has taken steps year on year since the AFLW came into existence. So again, would expect her to play a prominent role. Probably won't see her as frequently this year, as you said. I think she'll be managed given she has played a lot of football over the last 18 months. But again, it seems as though those players that do play a lot of football get uh, the most benefit. So potentially it could go the other way and we could be seeing a lineup in nearly every game 
the VFLW this year, and especially being one of the more experienced players out on the park. I take a look down at the uh, initial list that's been published by Collingwood, and it, it is a very young list, very similar to their AFLW side. So as much experience that they can get out on the park from players that have been involved in the top level of Victorian women's football, the better they'll be. And a bit of a typo in the uh, date of birth there for Steph Kiyoshi trying to claim that she's 20. Khan, Steph, what's all this about? <laughs> I, did, I, did, I did look at that with a puzzled expression on my face. Uh, we'll have to get that sorted out before the weekend. Looking through some of the returning VFLW talent that um, stood out last year, uh, one of them is, uh, I was joking, the biggest name in the competition going around, uh, Gabrielle Bodenweg-Webster. Yeah, she she was another impressive player in 2019, uh, sorry, 2018, and uh, didn't get an opportunity at AFLW level. Thought that uh, she might have been on the fringe of receiving an opportunity, so potentially might get drafted this year uh, to an AFLW club if she continues on that path uh, that we saw her last year. A very solid, consistent player for Collingwood. Throwing in their names such as Nicole Hayes in the back line, Grace Bucken, Paige Nash, uh, players that all got plenty of game time last year. Yeah, and I, I think uh, I think given that there is this, it seems as though there's a solid core of players that have spent time together both in the AFLW and VFLW, you'd expect that Collingwood will be there or thereabouts this season. Um, I know they'll probably be very bitter after dropping out uh, in straight sets at the end of last year, given they won the minor premiership. But uh, the solid, stable, uh, I suppose, if, you, if you'd like, uh, core that they've got in this program should hold them together okay. It's just whether or not, again, like most VFLW clubs, whether they go all out to try and get that premiership or whether they uh, focus more on developing the talent, preparing for their AFLW season. Two internationals uh, joining the list this year for the Collingwood Football Club. One we spoke to last week, which was our feature guest, Jessica Blecker, an American. She recruited out of the uh, Portland Sockeyes from Oregon. And uh, also joining her is uh, Ashley Curley. And uh, Ashley uh, is an Irish woman who participated in the Crosscoders program in September last year. She stayed in Melbourne during the summer earned her spot on the list. So it'll be interesting to see if this is the second Irish woman to set the Magpies alike, particularly with uh, Sarah Rowe in her great first year and getting re-signed, and she'll be back for 2020. Yeah, fantastic performance from Sarah, wasn't it? And all all this talent coming out of uh, Ireland just seems to be invading the competition at the moment. Just back on Jess, got a feeling I... Uh, seen her before in the International Cup a couple of years ago. the USA Freedom. Yes, and uh, again, a very, very talented footballer that I think will slot straight into the VFLW very, very nicely. So hopefully that uh, we get to see her a fair few times and hopefully take to the park this weekend. And it'll be interesting to see the game plan and if it evolves from Penny Cooler-Reed over this season, not through Penny's inkling, but is in a case of influence from above. Now, I say that because we have this weird situation. The VFLW season starts. Penny's in charge, naturally, as head coach of the VFLW team, but there's no AFLW head coach above her. And as we see in the men's competition, when there's an AFL and VFL side, the VFL 
uh, team will try and win the game, but will coach to a certain style that reflects the AFL team to try and obviously prepare the players for the AFL. And it will be interesting to see, Coxie, when that new coach is finally appointed for Collingwood to head up the AFLW, if it's not Penny herself, is that how much influence they'll have on the VFLW list and that coaching staff and how they develop that and the style they want out of that to obviously develop for 2020. Yeah, as you said, it's an it's an interesting situation that Collingwood find themselves in. Um, obviously, they, they can't help it. And I suppose Carlton were in a sim- similar spot this time last year as, as well, given that they hadn't yet announced their senior coach, Daniel Harford, coming on board. So I'm not entirely sure... Uh, Again, what to expect? We we know Collingwood were a very strong side last year, albeit they were still in that development phase, and it was just, um, I suppose, fortunate that whilst they were focused on development, that they had such a, a strong list that enabled them to to claim the line of premiership, and unfortunately not perform in the in the final series as expected, but. I'd imagine that that would be the similar vein, at least at VFLW level to begin with, that they're focused on potentially developing the individuals and, and trying to get the best out of them in the early phase of the season before uh, trying to get some uh, structure towards the AFLW program in 2020. But they do find themselves in an interesting situation and we will have to wait to see how the season unfolds. But uh, one thing that we do know with these AFLW-aligned clubs, they're very much focused on developing their lists and, and as I mentioned a little earlier, just getting that versatility amongst the group um, and amongst individuals um, that almost comes before the success, if you like, on the field. We saw it with the Western Bulldogs as an example last year. Collingwood in a similar sort of vein. Geelong, if you like, we're following that to, uh, along that path as well. Um, but even though they do that, they, they do end up uh, with successful seasons. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. It'll be interesting to see as well how Collingwood come into this game knowing that they've had one practice match less. The Southern Saints had a practice match victory over Essendon. Collingwood were meant to play Essendon at Windy Hill this weekend, just gone, but the game did not go ahead. And according to reports, it was because Collingwood did not have a side ready to take the park. So has there been a slew of injuries or was it because a bunch of players were in doubt about their futures because it was rather late that Collingwood finally announced all their signings and delistings, mainly in part due to them trying to get Bree Davey to come into their club. And of course, we're all waiting to see when Bree Davey will wear a Collingwood jumper in the VFLW. Yeah, I'd expect that to happen probably at the mid to late point of the season to see uh, Breed Davy don the, the black and white stripes. Um, the other theory I'm just going to throw up there, um, as most people did last week, maybe they were having an extended break uh, given the Easter, Anzac Day, long weekends all merged into one last week. So potentially player might have players might have been uh, travelling here, there and everywhere before the season starts, their last chance to, to get away. But uh, yes, it's it's going to be a very interesting to see how they, they run out there. And as as you have pointed out, the Southern Saints obviously have a practice match under their, their belt. Um, so in theory, should be coming into this game a, a little more 
uh, match hardened compared to to the Collingwood VFLW side. Late breaking news coming in for the uh, St Kilda Football Club. Um, this news, of course, um, just put out by the AFL as we record this at the end of the uh, women's free agency period. Uh, they've picked up two recruits that were delisted from their respective AFLW clubs. Tilly Lucas Rod will again be a St Kilda player, albeit not for the Sharks, now for the St Kilda Saints slash Southern Saints. Uh, she who was delisted from Carlton will be wearing a Saints jumper in the AFLW in 2020. So we anticipate her to be running around for the Southern Saints. And Melissa Kaiser, we just spoke of, an experienced player, played last year with Hawthorne VFLW, won a premiership there, didn't get to play in the grand final because she was injured uh, in the preliminary final. Um, Melissa will be playing with St Kilda in 2020 in the AFLW, so we anticipate her wearing the Southern Saints jumper throughout this VFLW season. Well, there's that experience that uh, I was talking about at the top that perhaps uh, St Kilda was just lacking in a couple of really uh, important players I'd, I'd suggest added to that list. Melissa Kyes, I don't think we've seen the absolute best of her at Collingwood. She's a real... I suppose a, a veteran of women's footy, if you like, has been around quite some time. Uh, first time I remember calling her was when she was playing with Knox back in 2016 in their one and only season in the VFLW and, and since then has been with Box Hill and Hawthorne. So be interesting to see whether she does line up for the Southern Saints or whether she has already committed herself to the Hawthorne Footy Club and their VFLW program, but uh, experienced, no doubt, coming into that St Kilda lineup. And Tilly Lucas Rod, another player I'd suggest, has been very, very good, but I don't think we've seen the absolute best of her either. But uh, two great inclusions there to at least the St Kilda AFLW list, and hopefully uh, they'll be pulling on the Southern Saints Guernsey at some point during the season. And it's good to see, Pete, that we haven't upgraded the sound effects for 2019 either. So that concludes our look at the Southern Saints and Collingwood sides as they head into this season. So, Coxie, I best get a tip from you. Who will win between the Saints and the Magpies this Sunday at RSEA Park in Moorabbin, otherwise known as the Old Moorabbin Oval? Who wins by how much? Am I allowed to go to the draw, given it's round one and I've got no idea? Oh, get Uh, off the fence. (laughs) Uh, No, I think the Southern Saints will uh, get their season off to a good start. I think they just, at least on the outside, they appear to be a a little more settled. Uh, Peter Searle, I think, will have them up and firing for the 2019 season. Must remember that uh, they did have a very encouraging uh, 2018 season. I think I wrote them off very early on and given that they had such a youthful list and they ended up at one point of the year looking as though they could potentially make finals but uh, sadly it wasn't to be with their back half of the year. So exciting to see what they can produce as they head towards their AFLW program but don't rule Collingwood out uh, given that they were the minor premiers of 2016 18, I uh, would expect that that form just doesn't automatically disappear. So hoping, even though they're coming off a pretty tough AFLW season, that uh, Collingwood can hit the ground running. But uh, I'll be tipping the Southern Saints in a very close one at RSEA Park. We'll be having a look at the other sides next week because all other teams will kick off their season 
uh, come round one next week. That is the 11th and 12th of May, all playing for Premiership points, excluding one team... Williamstown Seagulls will have an opening game on Saturday, May 11th, which we'll be covering again on the home of women's football, RSN Carnival 2. Uh, Coxie, they'll be playing against the GWS Giants. And, and quickly, to, to explain that, um, it's an invitational series with the Giants involved. Yeah, if you think it's similar to how the Northern Territory came into the competition last year, although the Northern Territory uh, are in full time so this is a, a, a little different again but it's with the aim of uh, developing players the top standard of uh, women's football apart from the AFLW uh, I'm you know happy to put on the line it is the VFLW so any chance that you do get to, to participate in a competition that is uh, going to give you the best chance of developing your young talent coming through um, is a great opportunity for GWS as you said they'll play the five games throughout the season to test themselves against uh, the VFLW talent. So excited to see what they can produce. We saw how well the Northern Territory Thunder went last year, albeit with a little bit of controversy early in the season. Hopefully we don't have a a similar sort of storyline play out with the Giants, but looking forward to them being part of the competition for their their five invitational games throughout the 2019 season. And I can say that all of those five games will be covered live on RSN Carnival 2. So for those wanting to keep an eye on the Giants, particularly those listening outside of Victoria and the state of New South Wales and the ACT, uh, we will have that covered for you. Coxie, thanks very much for joining us. And we look forward to your company next week as we take another in-depth look at the teams participating in the VFLW for season 2019. Yeah, as I said, Pete, it's hard to believe that the season's already back, but uh, geez, I can't wait for that first siren to go on that Sunday at Moorabbin. Well, that wraps up the show for yet another week. This program is available as a podcast by going to Google Podcasts, iTunes, SoundCloud or Spotify and searching for Women's Australian Rules Football Radio or here at first Wednesday evenings 6pm on RSN 927's digital radio channel Carnival. And talking about digital radio, tune in this Sunday, May 5th on Carnival 2, your new home of women's football for... Collingwood taking on the Southern Saints at Moorabbin, the VFL women's season opener. Here at live, pre-game 11am, bounce down at 12pm. We look forward to your company then. Don't forget to follow us on social media, WARF Radio at Twitter and at Facebook or our website, WARFradio.com. I'm Peter Holden. Until next week, it's bye for now.